0: Welcome to another edition of Wrestling Highlights of the Week presented by G2 Uh, I am here to talk to you and give you results and highlights from Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and Impact Wrestling And also I will be giving you results of Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, what happened last night And I'm going to be giving my thoughts about the whole pay-per-view as a whole after I give you the results But Not to fret, let's start with Monday Night Raw. Now, at the beginning stages of Monday Night Raw, the first segment that happened on Raw was Alexa Bliss letting the WWE Universe know that she will be putting Lily away for now. And I have my own theories about the reason why they are getting rid of this doll for now. Is that she, even in this promo, she mentioned that WWE is going back on tour they're going to be back in front of the crowd and I think WWE the writers or even Vince didn't want to have the doll in this whole Lily angle to get like booed out of the place and people become frustrated with the doll angle the way they were last week with the whole Shayna Baszler and Lily little segment at the end of Monday Night Raw that had everybody just completely just crapping on it on the internet after they saw it so my best idea is that they are getting rid of the doll for now but she did mention that if anything does happen and people start to get rowdy aka the women in the back lily will come out so they're not completely throwing away lily they're gonna keep little hints of lily around wwe but the doll itself they're good they're putting it on the shelf for now until they want to bring it back up after this promo the first match of the night was Nikki Cross beating Charlotte by count out Charlotte paid attention to Rhea Ripley who was out there to watch the match and just basically antagonized Charlotte Flair and in doing so Charlotte was beating Nikki Cross until she paid too much attention to Rhea Ripley and Charlotte got counted out while Nikki Cross was able to run right back into the ring and beat the count out of the ref. So, with doing that, Charlotte lost it and started beating up Nikki Cross as as Nikki Cross was making a big celebration of being Charlotte Flair again. She got hit with a big boot by Charlotte. She got beat down. And as it looks like Charlotte was about to put her in a natural selection... Rhea Ripley came in and hooked Charlotte quick for a riptide and slammed her on the mat. So the last image that you saw on that match was Charlotte laid out in the ring as Rhea Ripley was holding the belt the women's championship over Charlotte Flair. The next thing that happened after this was John Morrison beating Jeff Hardy by pinfall. It was a quick match. Jeff Hardy didn't get much uh, offense in on this match which led to this Cedric Alexander coming out during the John Morrison-Jeff Hardy match and watching the match happen, and he saw Jeff get beat so quick and so decisively that he got on the mic and started trashing Jeff Hardy, and he started saying, that I can beat you right now, and you should be done. You are completely washed up. I am the now and all this crap. Jeff Hardy got on the mic and said, you know what? Let's have a match right now, and if you beat me, I'll retire. That quick. And as soon as he said this, they had a match set. So it was Cedric Alexander versus Jeff Hardy with the stipulation that if Jeff Hardy loses, Jeff Hardy would retire. And in this match, it was completely different. It was a complete back-and-forth situation. Jeff Hardy was able to get offense on Cedric Alexander and have a ...good competitive back and forth match. And in the end... ...Jeff Hardy beat Cedric Alexander. After this... ...you had the debut... ...of Eva Marie... ...sort of. Because Eva Marie was supposed to go against Naomi... ...but Eva didn't fight Naomi... ...or even wrestle Naomi. She comes out... ...on the stage. Naomi's in the ring... And the announcer announces Eva Marie. But Eva is coming out with her and debuting Viper, or better known in the WWE Universe, Piper Nixon. But the WWE Raw announcers didn't, like, announce her name. They just try to play it off as her. Like, they never know, that they don't know who this person was. But, anywho... Eva Marie didn't enter the match. Piper Nixon entered the match for Eva as a replacement. And Piper beat Naomi quickly and pretty decisively. And after the match, the referee raised a hand of Piper. And the announcer said, and the winner. And then Eva grabbed the mic from the announcer said, and the winner is Eva Marie, so basically, Piper did the dirty work of Eva in pseudo, Eva got the win, because of Piper, in a way, I will have to see how this WWE storyline works for them, but anyway, I can see where they're going with this, Piper's going to be doing all the hard work, and heavy lifting, while Eva's going to be the pretty face, and taking all the credit, that's where they're going with this it seems right now, but more time will tell. Hopefully, tonight on Raw we'll be able to get down into it more. After this match, you had RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle beating the New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods by pinfall, and this was a great tag team match. I tweeted this out that if you are ever in doubt and need a good tag team match, always insert the New Day. The New Day are able to. Give you a good tag team match with any competitors they are against in that ring. It doesn't matter if it's the Viking Raiders or Miz and Morrison or AJ Styles and Omos or whoever you want to put across from the New Day. Always expect that match to be a top notch tag team match, especially since they've been doing this for God knows how many years, and on the WWE landscape. But they have faced so many tag teams that. The New Day knows how to work tag team wrestling. They're one of the legit best on the planet. Not just in WWE. I say this now, and I'll say it again. The New Day are one of the best tag teams on this planet. Period. No more, none less, but they did get beat by RK, bro. I suggest that you check that match out. I know it was a week later when you're as you're hearing this, but Just take some time out of your day and just search that match back up. And I promise you, you will not regret watching that match if you love tag team wrestling. After this match, you had Rhea Ripley beating Asuka by pinfall. And then after the match, Charlotte Flair comes out and starts fighting with Rhea. And those two had a brawl. And in this brawl, Rhea Ripley busted Charlotte Flair's nose. So you started seeing blood coming down Charlotte's nose and the referees and the officials had to come out and separate Rhea and Charlotte. This was basically promoting their match at Hell in a Cell to get the WWE Universe more hyped up and ready to buy it. After this match, you had Alexa Bliss beating Nia Jax by DQ. The reason for DQ is whenever Reginald came out with Nia Jax and As Alexa Bliss was on top of Nia, Reginald came in and pushed Alexa off of Nia Jax in fear that Nia would basically lose by pinfall. After this happened, Alexa looked at Nia Jax, no, not Nia Jax, I'm sorry, looked at Reginald in the face and Reginald looked at Alexa and they stared each other down eye to eye. And during this, it was like a voodoo mystic type of power where reginald was copying everything that alexa did he would she would tilt her hair her head and reginald will tilt his head in the exact same direction and then she tilted her head in the other direction he tilted his head in the other direction naya had to walk up and like snap reginald out of it and reginald walked out and popped out of that little trance, so that lets you know that Alexa, yes, she got rid of Lily, but in doing so, she kept some type of mystical power. We'll have to see more about that as the time goes on, and however they want to continue to promote this whole storyline that they have for Alexa. After this match, you had Jason Riker beating Elias again by disqualification, not by disqualification, by count out, and it was another run uh, run it back match from last week that they had and there's no more I can say about that I hope that this time they do the match again and it will be a no disqualification match so they can hurry up and get done with this feud this feud is stupid to me I believe nobody cares about it but that's just me and in the main event of Monday Night Raw you had Drew McIntyre going against AJ Styles but in doing this you had it turn into a six-man tag whenever aj styles and omas were about to beat up on drew but the viking raiders came down to make the save and in doing so bobby lashley comes down and starts fighting on drew mcintyre and then this turned into a six-man tag and in that six-man tag you had drew mcintyre and the viking raiders beat aj styles omas and bobby lashley By pinfall, Drew hit Bobby with the Claymore kick and pinned Bobby Lashley. So that gave Drew McIntyre some momentum going into WWE Hell in a Cell later that week on Sunday at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. But the last final image that you saw on Monday Night Raw after the main event was Drew McIntyre pointing at Lashley and telling him, I have your number. I can't wait to see you at Hell in a Cell. There it is. Now, on to NXT. When NXT opened up, you had William Regal go out to the WWE Universe in the middle of the ring. And he was about to cut a promo, basically letting the WWE Universe know that he was stepping down from his duties as the general manager of NXT because so much chaos has ensued Throughout this whole couple months, more than it has ever been throughout his whole seven year tenure in NXT. And he was about to say that he's done, but Karrion Cross and Scarlet comes out and Cross is gloating in Regal's face, saying, I told you you were going to let go of your power. I told you that you were losing control. I told you this and I was right. So, what I want you to do is to say you're done to my face and get out of this building. And Cross is instigating and antagonizing Regal so much, and he even hits Regal with the line, Listen, we ain't got all day. Tick tock. Give up and go home. And as he's berating Regal, you hear Samoa Joe's music, in the background, in the WWE Universe, or well, the NXT Universe, lights up and they start cheering. And we see the return of Samoa Joe back to NXT. Now, you thought that he was going to fight Karrion Cross Because the way that he was positioned, he was staring at Karrion Cross. Those two had an intense stare down. But Regal told Samoa Joe that, I wanted to talk to you backstage, but since you're here, we can do it here. And Regal told Joe that he respects Joe and that he thinks that he will be the perfect person to run NXT and put control back into NXT. Samoa Joe tells Regal that I can't do that. I humbly do not accept that position. But what I will do is I will help you, Regal, in, well, gain back respect And make sure that chaos will not ensue anymore on NXT under my watch. Basically being Regal's bodyguard and enforcer. And Regal says to Joe, I will accept your position as this, but there are some things you can't do. He tells Joe that you cannot go around putting hands on NXT talent unless you are provoked. He gave Samoa Joe the old Austin 2003 little rule that if anybody touches you, you can lay hands on them and do as you will. And Joe says, you got a deal. And he shakes hands with uh, Regal. And Cross is in the ring just looking at this. And Samoa Joe, as his first act, tells Cross and he looks at Cross dead in eye and he said, what are you still doing here? leave the ring now cross leaves the ring and it shows the power dynamic has shifted in nxt and at that moment right there it brought nxt back to some standard of stability and excitement to make nxt can't miss just off of that one basic interaction of samoa joe being brought back into nxt That's a little spark that NXT has been missing for some time now to make it not miss television. Samoa Joe is a great representation of stars that need to be in NXT. If you're going to cut some people from the roster, look at who you want to cut and think, okay, maybe if I send it on to NXT, can they boost NXT's numbers and even help younger guys out? That's the kind of star power that NXT needs. And bringing Samoa Joe back really livens up that whole brand. But getting back to the point, power has been now starting to get reshapen in respect and chaos is starting to de- be on the decline now for NXT. After this segment, you have Brazango beating Imperium by pinfall. After the match, Imperium attacks Tyler Breeze and they put the boots to him. They even do their tag team finish of the powerbomb uppercut of maneuver. And after this beatdown, they put their Imperium like flag over Breeze to symbolize, yes, you might have gotten the win, but look who's standing at the top at the end of it. This match, yes, sure. We might have lost, but look who's the real loser now. You are below us. That was the basic symbolism after that. The next thing that you saw in NXT was Adam Cole and Colorado fighting backstage. They're fighting, they're constantly just duking it out, and you have security coming and rush and separate the two. And Regal lets Adam Cole and Colorado know that you guys will be fighting each other at the NXT's Great American Bash um, on July the 6th, but next week, since you guys are so hopped up and ready to fight somebody, you guys will be picking your own opponents to go against each other next week on NXT, but as soon as Riggle gets done saying this, homeboy Adam Cole And Kyle O'Reilly starts fighting each other again. Now you have Joe separates the two. And as he separates the two, Adam Cole puts his hands on Joe and shoves Joe. And Joe looks at his chest like, did he seriously just put his hands on me? He stops for a good couple seconds. And then you see Joe takes his suit jacket off, and he puts Adam Cole in the Kokita Clutch, basically a sleeper hold, and puts him directly to sleep. Kyle O'Reilly is watching this, and he just stands back and allows Joe to put Cole to sleep. And once Joe puts Cole to sleep, he tells Kyle, you tell him that whenever he wakes up, he got to find his opponent. That's what he has to do. Now, after this segment, you had Kashida going against a um, young newcomer in NXT, Trey Baxter, who better was known as uh, Christian Blake on the Independence. But Kashida went against Trey Baxter for the NXT Cruiserweight title, and Kashida beat him by submission by locking in the hoverboard lock. But that wasn't an important part of the match. During the match, Kyle O'Reilly comes out and starts walking on the stage and just looks at Baxter and Kushida going at it. And uh, NXT commentators were questioning, why is is Kyle O'Reilly here? And after the match, you get your answer. Kyle O'Reilly gets in the ring. He shakes Trey Baxter's hand and Trey Baxter leaves the ring and Kyle gets on the microphone and he looks at Kushida and says, listen, I have wanted to always face you in this ring for a long time since you got into NXT. And Regal has told me that I get to pick who I want to face next week. And right now you're at the top of your game and I need to be at the top of my game too. So I want to fight you next week. Kashida shakes his head in approval and says, you're on. So next week on NXT television, we will have Kyle O'Reilly going against Kushida. And throughout the whole, this whole duration of NXT television, you don't see Adam Cole either he gets choked out by Samoa Joe. So next week, we know Adam Cole is going against somebody, but we don't know who he is going against while Kyle O'Reilly will be going against Kashida Just wanted to throw that out there. After this match, we had the million-dollar coordination of L.A. Knight. Ted DiBiase is in the ring, and he calls out L.A. Knight to get in the ring. L.A. Knight he comes out to the ring, and he tells DiBiase how much being the million-dollar champion means to him. He told him about, How whenever he was a young boy, him and his father would be watching television, wrestling. And whenever The Million Dollar Man would come on, it would just must-see television. He loved The Million Dollar Man whenever he was a child. And whenever he would wrestle with his best friends in the backyard, somebody would always have to be The Million Dollar Man. And just laying on this whole praise for The Million Dollar Man. And he's so glad that he is the million-dollar champion and now embracing the million-dollar legacy. Ted DiBiase tells him, I'm proud of you, too. And he gives him the million-dollar title. And those two are now laughing with each other. They're, like, sharing in the million-dollar man laugh. Ted would do the laugh, and then Ellie Knight would do the laugh, and then Ted would do the laugh, and Ellie Knight would do the laugh. And LA Knight, after they do their whole laugh off, LA Knight gets back on the mic and tells Ted that now that I got everything that I want, I now have to just throw away something that I don't need anymore. And at this moment, I thought he was going to do a Shane Douglas old ECW style, like, promo. And if you don't know what that means... Back in the day, whenever ECW was starting to, like, become the extreme championship wrestling, like, they had a tournament one night to crown the new NWA champion. And in the main event, it was 2Cold Scorpio going against Shane Douglas. Shane Douglas beat 2Cold Scorpio. Shane Douglas goes on this whole appraisal of the NWA title, listing down the funks, The flares, the dusty roads. He lists off all these great legends that held the belt and then he's just said they could all kiss his butt and he throws down title down. And he says that ECW is not going to be a brand that picks up a dead brand. It's gonna be a brand that's gonna be a starting of a new revolution. I thought this is where we were going with LA Knight. I thought he was gonna throw down the million dollar title and Tell somebody in the back to bring out a newer version of his million dollar championship. But no. He instead hits Ted DiBiase in the face and starts beating down on Ted DiBiase. And the fans lose their mind. You hear the fans boo the world out of LA Knight. As LA Knight is putting the boots to Ted DiBiase. And as... LA Knight is beating down and stomping on Ted DiBiase. Cameron Grimes comes from the back and saves Ted DiBiase. And he starts fighting with LA Knight. And he even throws LA Knight to the outside of the ring. LA Knight comes to grab the million dollar title. And you hear Cameron Grimes going to Ted and say, Ted, are you okay? He's now looking forward to making LA Knight pay for putting hands on Ted DiBiase. So that adds another layer to this storyline between Cameron Grimes and LA Knight. After this segment, you had Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez beating Casey Catanzaro and Kaden Carter by pinfall. It was a simple tag team match. There was nothing really to it. This is just to show that Dakota Kai Raquel Gonzalez is trying to get back the NXT Tag Team Women Tag Team Championships. This is all this match was about. It was a simple, solid tag team match. After this match, you had Io Shirai coming out to do her in ring promo, but before she could even really say anything, Candice LeRae comes out, and the big gist is that Candice LeRae is tired of Io Shirai. And she wants to put Io Shirai out for good. As Candice is about to get into the ring, and Io Shirai is looking to fight Candice. Behind Io Shirai is Indy Hartwell, and Indy Hartwell attacks EO. So now you have Candice and Indy Hartwell putting the boots to Io Shirai. And out of nowhere, Zoe Starks comes out to make the save. For Io Shirai. So now you have Zoe Starks and EO Fighting Candice and Indy Hartwell. And they send Candice and Indy. Out running to the back. And the final image that you see is. Zoe and Io Shirai shaking hands. Standing on the turnbuckles. Posing. So this lets you know that the next challengers. For the NXT Tag Team Championships. Will be Zoe Starks and Io Shirai. Going against Candice in Indy. And in the main event of NXT, you had Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher beating the Grizzled Young Veterans by submission in a Tornado Tag Team match. And the way they beat them by submission was by Thatcher putting the ankle lock on Zach Gibson. And as Thatcher is locking in that ankle lock, you had Ciampa come in and put the arm bar on on Zach Gibson as well so Zach Gibson is enduring both the ankle lock and an arm bar and he has to submit with his other hand and tap out it was a good this right here was the match of the night for NXT again tag team wrestling at its finest If anything, WWE needs to really invest into their tag team divisions after Raw had a good tag team match with the New Day and RK-Bro. And on NXT, you had the grizzled young veterans in Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa showing off a clinic of what tag team wrestling truly is. Again, WWE has great tag teams, but it's all about how WWE really promotes their tag team divisions anyway. It was a great tag team match. Go and watch that tag team match, too. If you have Peacock, it's on Peacock. It's easy to look at. If you don't, I highly suggest getting Peacock because you watch every other thing under the NBC banner, but you also get WWE Network as well. But this match was definitely the match to watch on NXT. On AEW, the first thing that happened... Literally, the first thing that happened was Jake Hager going against Wardlow in an MMA rules match. And what that, that means was the ring looked like an octagon, and it was shaped like an octagon. And this was basically a UFC MMA style match. Both of them wore their little MMA gloves, mouthpiece. They taped up the bottom of their feet. They didn't come in wearing wrestling boots. And they fought for three five minute rounds. That was the match, like situation set up. And during the match, you had them throwing in some little hits and little kicks. They were trying to do MMA. Well, Jake Hager does really does MMA like on his like off time from AEW while Warlow, he apparently he has some background and martial arts, and I think Brilliant Jiu-Jitsu, maybe? They said it on commentary, but I don't really remember the, the like importance of it. But anyway, they only lasted for two rounds, and in the second round, it was a stoppage whenever Jake Hager locked in Warlow into a um, triangle choke hold. And as Warlow was going out, he was sticking up the bird, At Chris Jericho, because Chris Jericho was Jake Hager's little cornerman, while on Warlow's cornerman, he has Sean Spears. Anyway, to the point, Warlow goes to sleep, and now in the trilogy or in the saga, right now it's one and one. Warlow has beaten Jake Hager once, and Jake Hager is now beating Warlow once, so now they're both one and one after the match. It looked like those two were about to fist bump one another, showing some respect. And before they can even fist bump, Sean Spears come in the ring and start attacking Jake Hager. And Warlow looks confused at the moment like he doesn't want to jump in on beating down Jake Hager after they just had a physical intense MMA rules match. But Jericho comes in and starts beating down on Spears, and that snaps Warlow out of it, and he starts beating down on Jericho. And now you have those four men fighting, and out comes MGF from nowhere, and he starts beating down on Jericho. So now you have Warlow and Spears beating down on Hager, and you have Jericho and MGF fighting, and MGF locks in the arm bar onto Jericho's bad arm. And you see Jericho tap out. And out of nowhere you hear Sammy Guevara's music hits. And you see him starts running and jumping over into the cage to try to get at MJF. MJF runs out of the ring and Warlow is the bodyguard for MJF as he gets out of the ring. And the last image that you see is MJF at the stage entrance ramp looking at Guevara and Guevara standing, well, sitting on top of the cage and just mouthing off to MJF. And those two want to fight one another. Well, technically, MJF is antagonizing Guevara, and Guevara really wants to put hands on MJF, but Warlow is just constantly being the little bodyguard for MJF at this moment. So that was the final thing that you saw for that one segment. After that, you had the match of ethan page and scorpio sky beating darby allen by pinfall it was a handicap match solid match after this you had orange cassidy beating Cesar bononi by pinfall after that match you had cody Rhodes and brock anderson beating aaron solo and qt marshall by pinfall it was a solid debut match for brock Anderson. Within due time, he will get better as a professional wrestling. But what I can say is if you never saw Arn Anderson and somebody were to put Arn Anderson and his son right next to each other, you would think that Arn Anderson and his son really are just a literal spitting image of one another. Brock might be in his 20s, but boy, did he look like a straight-up 35-year-old man in the face. He looks straight-up just like an old... Grizzled out dude, but anyway, with due time, Arn Anderson, not Arn, but Brock Anderson will get better. It was a solid debut match for Brock. After the match, you had Andrade have a little interview with Jr, and the main point of the interview was that he let Jr know that AEW has incredible stars across the board, but he, Andrade, is a superstar in that. Him and Vicky Guerrero have a deep family relationship. She knows the his family, which are full of luchadors, and his family knows the Guerrero families, who are another luchadors, and especially the legend of Eddie Guerrero. So those two families have a deep personal bond. So you see Andrade with Vicky Guerrero whenever he does want to make his in-ring debut, and he also let JR know that in due time. You guys will be seeing Andrade in the ring. And he has surprise waiting for them. That surprise, I have no idea. I personally can't wait to see Andrade in an AEW ring. Because he has an immense amount of talent. If you watched him in his NXT days, you will know that he has a lot of talent. But he just wasn't able to capitalize on the WWE main roster uh, stage. But... Let's hope AEW is able to handle that. After that, you had Penelope Ford beating Julia Hart by submission. She locked her into the Indian death lock. And after the match, Miro comes out and he tells um, Penelope, where's Kip Sabian at? So if you don't know, Miro took out Kip Sabian at least a good solid month and a half ago. And now Penelope's back, she wrestled, Miro comes out, where's your husband? And even commentary is saying Miro is a psychopath, he knows where Kip's at, he took out her husband. And Miro said to Penelope, where's your husband? Because your husband's not here to protect you from a three-on-one situation. And what he meant by that was Julia Hart and the Varsity Blondes. And Miro said, since your husband's not here, I will take up for your honors since Kip's not here. And Miro starts fighting the Varsity Blondes. And he beats up on Griff Garrison, but he has a hard time beating up on Brian Pillman Jr. So that sets up Brian Pillman going against Miro sometime down the line in due time. After this segment... You had Britt Baker have a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone, but they got interrupted by Vicky Guerrero. Vickie Guerrero let Britt Baker know that Tony Khan has given her an approval to set up a match between Britt Baker and Reba, or Rebel if you will, I'm sorry, going against Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. You heard me right. Vicky Guerrero will be teaming up with Nala Rose to go against Britt Baker and Rebel sometime down the line. And after Vicky does this and says this to Brit and walks away, Tony Schiavone, Rebel, and Britt Baker all have a laugh and say, She can't be serious, right? And they all literally look at each other like, She can't really be serious. But that was how they ended that backstage segment. And in the main event of AEW, had Carly Anderson, Doc Gals, and Mag Jackson beating Pinta El Zero Miero, Eddie Kingston, and Kaz by pinfall based off the distraction by Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson distracted Pinta, which allowed Mag Jackson to get the roll up on Pentagon and get the 1 2 3. It was a solid, straightforward six-man match. AEW knows how to do six-man matches. A lot well-paced in a lot high frequency more than any other pro- professional wrestling company right now that's out here doing it. So I'll give AEW praise for that. But the last thing, final image that you see on AEW was Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows, the Young Bucks, and Brandon Cutler on the stage. And you saw Brandon spraying down Matt to Car ice him down. That was the final image that you got on AEW. Now on to Impact Wrestling. The first match of the night was TJP beating Black Tarus by pinfall. And after the match, Moose attacked TJP and he let um, Scott Demore know that you don't have time for me. I'm going to make time. I'm going to be out in the middle of this ring holding this show up until you talk to me. And moose sits in the ring for a good minute and then he gets up and he starts talking on the mic and from behind he gets hit with a missile drop kick by a returning chris Sabin. and chris Sabin hits moose on top of the head with a steel chair and he and as moose is running out of the ring and walking up the ramp chris Sabin takes his shoe off and even throws it at moose And he starts making a challenge to Moose and saying, since you're the biggest guy in Impact Wrestling, you think that you can just hold a show up. How about you go against me, Moose? And Moose doesn't answer and he just walks up the ramp and behind the curtain. That's the last that you saw of that segment. After this, you had Josh Alexander beating Madman Fulton by pinfall. And after the match, you had Ace Austin coming in to beat down on Josh Alexander. Then you have Pete Williams, Rohit Raju, Mahoubalu Shira, and Trey Miguel all coming down. And you just have a big brawl ensuing hand. But the last and final image that you see coming out of this brawl, the men standing tall were Madman Fulton and Ace Austin with Rohit Raju and Mahoubalu Shira. These four men are coming together to try to take out Every competitor in the NX and not NXT, but the X Division uh, roster, so it can be those two men at the top and they will be fighting out for the X Division title. Because at Slammiversary, it will be an Ultimate X match between Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, and Josh Alexander for the X Division title, Ace Austin, and Rohit made a deal with one another that they're going to try to take out every man in that match so it can just be those two at the end and those two would just do get out. That's why those four men were the last four men standing tall after that brawl. After this, you had Steve Macklin make his debut on Impact Wrestling, the former Wesley Blake in... No, he wasn't Wesley Blake. I'm sorry. He was Steve Cutler in WWE. Make his debut at Impact, and he beat Jason Page by pinfall. It was a real quick, decisive match. This was nothing but supposed to be a little refresher for everybody that didn't know who this man was. It was supposed to be a quick introduction to let you know who this man was and what you can expect to see from him going down the future in Impact Wrestling. After this match, you had Tenille Dashwood beat Rachel Ellering by pinfall thanks to Caleb Conley distracting Rachel Ellering and allowing Tenille to roll up Rachel to get the pin. After this match, you had Kojima beating Rhino by pinfall, and that that made it a definite that next week on Impact it will be Kojima and Eddie Edwards going against Violence by Design for the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Championships. If Kojima would have lost, no tag team title. But since Kojima won, him and Eddie get a tag title match next week on Impact. And the final segment on Impact Wrestling was Sammy Callahan coming out out from nowhere and start getting on the microphone and yelling out for Scott Demore to come out because Sammy Callahan is upset that he got fired at the end of their Impact Wrestling against the of pay-per-view by Don Callis and he's calling out Scott Demore to make this right. Scott tells Sammy that listen, a man from Anthem, Anthem is Impact Wrestling's parent company, is coming down to Make a ruling on Sammy Callahan and make a ruling on this whole decision. And he tells Sammy, listen, I know you don't trust authority. I know me and you've had our little disputes behind the scenes, but I agree with you. Don shouldn't have done that, so you got to let me fight for you on this one. Just trust me this one time. Sammy looks at Scott and says, listen, I don't like authority. I don't like you guys in the suits, but... I will give you this one opportunity, Scott. Let's try your way. Sammy disappears out of nowhere, and now it's just Scott D'Amore in the ring. Don Callis comes from the back and gets on Scott and tells him, I told you so. Didn't I tell you this is what happened? I told you Sammy Callahan is a liability to this company. You should be thankful that I fired him. And now you have Scott and Don going at it back and forth. And out comes Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer gets in the ring, and Scott DeMore tells Dreamer off-rip, I don't want to hear nothing from you, Dreamer. I don't want to hear you say I was right. I told you so. I don't want to hear nothing. Dreamer has to shut Scott up and tell him, Listen, I am the Anthem guy that... I'm the guy that Anthem sent down. Scott and Don lose their mind. They both say, What? And Don hits him with the line, I knew you were a stooge. Stooge is a wrestling term for a guy that goes behind the scene and basically goes to your boss, basically being a kiss butt. That's what a stooge is. And he makes that assumption towards Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer tells Scott that Anthem has decided that Sammy Callahan is reinstated. He is not fired from Impact Wrestling and that Championship match that he was guaranteed to have at anniversary against Kenny Omega for the Impact Championship will go on as planned. But right now, somebody in this ring will be fired. And Scott is starting to lose his mind because he thinks that it's going to be him. And Don is playing up with saying that you can't fire Scott. He loves the talent. He has always went to back for the talent. How dare you say you're going to fire Scott? Scott, and da 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 Tommy Dreamer has to say to both of them, listen, this ain't about friendship, this is all about business, and then he looks at Don Callis, and he tells Don, you're fired, and Don says, what? I thought you were going to fire Scott, the way you were talking, and all this and all that, but how dare you fire me, you guys are trash, this company is pathetic, this company is going straight to hell in a handbasket and chaos and da 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 as he's walking up the ramp and leaving the entrance and behind this ramp behind the curtain is Sammy Callahan waiting on Don Callis and Don grabs not Don Sammy grabs Don by the suit jacket and Sammy tells Don I know that you have now been fired. I just heard that you got fired. And Don is trying to weasel his way out of this as many as much as he can. And Sammy tells him, listen, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to do nothing towards you. Because right now, you already been fired. And I can do anything I want. But I'm not going to hurt you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to hurt your nephew. I'm going to hurt Kenny Omega. I'm going to break his limbs. And then I'm going to take that Impact Championship off of him. Because I know that will hurt you. And him the most, more than me, breaking your bones. And that's how Impact Wrestling ends. Now, on to SmackDown. The first thing that happens on SmackDown is, Rey Mysterio comes out to do an in-ring promo. And as Rey is in the ring, he is surrounded by the Hell in Cell structure. Because, ta-da, they decided, WWE decided to move the Hell in Cell match between Roman Reigns and Rey Mysterio that they were supposed to have on the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view onto SmackDown, which will make it the first time since 1998 they announced it on commentary that a Hell in a Cell match will ever be broadcast on national television. Rey is in the ring. He calls out Roman. Roman comes out with Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman gives Roman the mic. Roman is trying to get Ray to back out of this Hell in a Cell match. He tells Ray, you don't know what you're going to get yourself into. You don't know what you're signing yourself into. You can just easily walk out of that ring right now. We can call this match off and nothing will have to happen to you. Because if you think what I did to your boy, Dominic, was bad, what I'm going to do to you is we're going to make what what I did to Dominic look PG. So he's trying to plead with Ray. To back out of this match. Ray tells him. I acknowledge that you are a coward. And I can't wait to kick your butt later tonight. And win the universal title off of you. And. Without looking at Paul Heyman. Roman. Has this snarl. On his face. And he looks like he's ready to destroy. Already at this moment. Because Ray has now. Slapped the choice out of Roman's hand verbally and now you made a mockery out of Roman and Roman doesn't like people to make a mockery out of him he doesn't look at Paul and he says it and you know it's directed at Paul when he says this I tried it your way now I'm gonna try mine Paul gets a frightening look on his face and gets a frightening look because he has a relationship with the Mysterio family. He brought Rey Sudo, thanks to Conan, from Mexican wrestling, the Luchador style, over to a bigger platform in the United States in the late and early 90s of the ECW brand, which led to Rey Mysterio going to WCW and then going to WWE and getting this whole big wide world recognition under the Mysterio name and make and which led to Ray basically becoming a big household name Paul has this dynamic with Ray of respect you never heard Paul say anything bad about Mysterio he always give Mysterio praise and everything else so this when Roman said that and said to Paul without even looking at him I tried your way now I'm gonna try it mine Paul is frightened for Mysterio right in that moment, and you saw it in his face. After this promo happens, you have the match of Apollo Cruz and Commander Aziz beating Kevin Owens and Biggie by Pinfall, thanks to Kevin Owens being distracted by Sam McCallan, Sam McCallan, Sammy Callahan. Not Sammy Callahan, Sammy Zayn. I'm sorry. Sami Zayn on commentary and KO gets right back into the ring and he gets hit with a quick uh, Nigerian nail by Commander Aziz. And Commander Aziz pins Kevin Owens. And after this match, you have the battle for the crown. Shinsuke Nakamura going against Baron Corbin. The winner will be now the new king of WWE. Nakamura beats King Corbin, well, the former King now, by pinfall, and Nakamura is now the new King of WWE. So he now holds the crown. After this match, you have Bianca Belair coming out to challenge Bailey to a Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And Bailey doesn't come out and answer anything to Bianca. Bianca gets frustrated and starts just, Running down Bailey and say, "I am going to be the one coming out of Hell in a Cell, walking out, walking out with the SmackDown Women's Championship." You're nothing but a fraud. And we start running down Bailey. Bailey comes out then and starts fighting with Bianca, and they start switching hands and blows and everything else. And the last thing image that you see was Bailey putting down Bianca, standing on top of Bianca with the SmackDown Women's Championship. And that, and Bailey basically accepted to fighting Bianca at Hell in a Cell, inside Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The next thing that you had after this was Otis was supposed to go against Angelo Dawkins. But before the match even could get underway, Chad Gable uh, instigated Angelo Dawkins. He slapped Angelo Dawkins and Angelo started running for Chad Gable in Out from under one side of the ring, Otis attacks Angelo Dawkins. So now you have American Alpha beating down on Dawkins because Montez Ford isn't able to be there since he got beat down by both members of American Alpha, Otis and Gable. So now Angelo Dawkins is feeling the wrath of Gable and Otis and they hit Angelo with their tag team finisher of Gable holding Angelo in a German suplex position while Otis hits a revolving clothesline into a German suplex. And they laid out Angelo Dawkins. So that match got canceled thanks to American Alpha beating up on... Well, no, not American Alpha. Alpha Academy beating up on Angelo Dawkins. Which led into the main event. But before the main event could happen... They had two segments. One was Jimmy Uso coming to Roman and basically telling Roman that I don't agree with what you do from time to time, but you're right. Family is everything. We are the lifeblood behind this company. We are the best of the best of this company. So whatever you need from me, you got it. I'm with you 100%. Of the way, if you need me out there to help you beat up on Ray, you can just call me. And Roman stops him right there. No, 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 no. I don't need you to for this. I don't need you for this. What I need from you is your brother. I need your brother. And he asks Jimmy, where is Jay? Jimmy tells Roman, listen, I called him and I texted him. And even I went to his house home. He just don't if he was there, he just didn't want to talk to me. He just don't want to talk to me right now. And Roman tells Jimmy, "Listen, I need your brother. I need him." And then he has a look at Jimmy's face, and he has to now change up his strategy, and says, "We need your brother. We need him. So what I need from you is to go and find your brother, Ray. I have him. I have Ray Mysterio locked down. I got it. But we, as a family unit, as a strong struggle hold." We need Jay to complete the puzzle. So, Jimmy gives his head nod to Roman and walks out of the room. The next segment that you do see is Cesaro have a backstage interview with Kayla Braxton, but that interview is interrupted by Seth Rollins. Rollins pops in, and Cesaro's on guard, and he's ready to fight Rollins, but Rollins tells Cesaro, listen, we got our match of hell in the cell. I'm not here to fight you. As a matter of fact, I just want to talk to you. And he tells Kayla, may I? And he points at her microphone and he takes her microphone from her. He puts it on himself and he sits across from Cesaro. And he tells Cesaro, listen, I don't respect you. I despise everything what you represent. And at Hell in a Cell, I'm going to put you in your place. Cesaro looks at him. Smiles and he said, You know what? I can't wait to see you try that at Hell in a Cell. But just to let you know, I don't respect you neither. But I'll see you at Hell in a Cell. And he pushes Seth Rollins off the chair and basically makes him fall on himself. And as he does this, you hear Seth say, Hey, hey. And he falls down and he gets up all pissed off. So that's how that segment ends. And now we're off to the main event. Of Roman Reigns going against Rey Mysterio inside Hell in the Cell. First time since 1998 on national broadcast television. Also for the Universal Championship. Rey Mysterio does work on Roman. Roman has no offense in the beginning stages of the match. Rey goes and does the smartest thing I've ever seen anybody do. He goes for weapons since he knows he's a smaller man in this competition, he can't outpower Roman. He knows that if he starts beating up on him with weapons, at least then he has an, at least a shot at Roman. He does all what he can do, but the biggest thing, he just can't seem to get the job done. Long story short, Roman picks up Ro- Roman picks up Rey Mysterio in a powerbomb position and he chucks him outside of the ring into the hell in the cell wall, and as he does this, you hear Paul Heyman yells out, oh my god, and Roman is now with so much adrenaline filled up, and he just throws Ray back in the ring, and he th- makes Rey Mysterio submit to a cravat, and that's basically just a front headlock, but you're twisting your opponent's head in that submission, and he makes Ray tap out. After the match, the Hell in a Cell raises up. Jimmy Uso gets in the ring. And he raises up Roman Reigns' hands. And Roman's holding a universal title. And Roman and Jimmy are looking at Rey Mysterio. And Paul Heyman's in the ring, might I add. And Roman and Jimmy are looking at Rey get up. And you see Roman make the switch in his head like, How dare this man get up? This man should be laying down right now. This man shouldn't even be trying to get up. He gives the belt back to Paul Heyman the hold, and Paul makes the greatest oh-no face. Like, oh-no, come on. He just got beat down by you. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Remember what I said. There's respect for Paul Heyman and the Mysterio family. Remember this. Paul is making the oh-no face, but Reigns... Gives Paul the belt to hold. Reigns walks up behind Ray. And then as Ray gets up, Roman puts Ray back in the cravat. And he makes Ray basically tap out again. And as Ray's tapping out, Roman now throws Ray down to the mat. And Ray's now laid out. And he's laid down now. And Roman has the Universal title in his hand. And he just mouthing off to Rey Mysterio. And saying, how dare you stand up in my ring. Next time you get in my ring, you will acknowledge me. You will acknowledge me as the Tribal Chief. And he just starts going off. And he hits Rey Mysterio with one of the most coldest lines I've ever heard somebody hit. Happy Father's Day. Remember that. Remember who told you first. Happy Father's Day. I told you. Happy Father's Day. He's going off on Rey. So... I just like this whole Roman Reigns dynamic, this whole Roman Reigns character that Roman Reigns now has since this pandemic, so I can give the pandemic at least one good thing coming out of it. It gave us the WWE fans, the wrestling fans what we truly wanted, Roman to finally be a heel after all these times of wanting it for so long, we finally got it, thanks to this pandemic. Now I'm about to give you the results from Hell in a Cell. I'm going to give you a good five second pause. Well, not five-second pause. I'm going to give you a good five seconds so you can stop this. And if you do, thank you for listening to my Two Cents podcast. In the description, you know where my social media links are. You know where you can find me. But I'm going to give you five seconds. This has been the five seconds. Now, Hell in a Cell. The results were Bianca Belair beating Bailey inside Hell in a Cell for the SmackDown Women's Championship. She hit her with the K.O.D., on the ladder and then after that she pinned her it was a great fantastic one-on-one match it was a great excellent way how you open up a pay-per-view these two women burned down the hell in the cell in my personal opinion it was a great phenomenal opening match there's no more i can say about it if you haven't seen it look at it look at it on peacock it was a great match Next match after this was Seth Rollins going against Cesaro. And Seth Rollins pinned Cesaro by a roll-up. Cesaro had the match in the bag. He had him in the... He did this whole Cesaro swing, and he was about to... And he hit him with the sharpshooter. Seth got out of that. Cesaro was about to swing him again. But Seth was able to get Cesaro into a small package and get the one two three so now we're at one and one for seth and uh cesaro so more than likely on this upcoming friday night smackdown we'll see a payoff between these two probably these two go all against each other one more time the next match happened after this was alexa bliss beating Shayna baszler by pinfall by hitting the twisted bliss off the turnbuckle Again, this is another, like, okay match that you just throw on. It, to further. This is a match to further the storyline of what they're doing. This wasn't like, oh, my God, this is the big match that we wanted to see. No, this was just another match just to further the storyline of what they're trying to do with Alexa Bliss. So I'm not going to crap on it like that, but it was a high situation. After this was Sami Zayn going against Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn beat Kevin Owens by hitting him with a haluva kick to get the win and let me tell you this was just a straight up brawl between two guys that know each other for so long and have been friends for so long these two were just throwing haymakers at one another just hitting each other left and right you had sammy with a busted mouth you had kevin owens still selling the effects of the commander aziz uh nigerian nail to the throat so kevin owens had a hard time breathing in this match and you saw him keep him constantly like cough and even spit up some stuff in this match but it was a constant it was a straight just brawl between the two i like the match so i would say bianca and that match are two matches that i would suggest you go back to watching that's just me after this match you had charlotte flair beat rhea ripley by disqualification so rhea ripley retains the raw women's championship because rhea ripley hit charlotte flair with the announcer table on the announce table like cover the covering of the announce table. The referee, Kyle, that has disqualification. I don't think that should have been disqualification, but hey, this just basically, yet again, furthers the storyline between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. It was a fair, solid women's match. I'm not going to say more about it. It was a solid match, but what I will say is that Charlotte did use two of her of uh, fiancé's moves in this match and her fiance is andrade for the people that didn't know uh charlotte used his backflip, flip his moonsault into a standing moonsault and also his big big boot negating it into a spinning back elbow in the match so charlotte flair did take for her uh, soon-to-be husband's repertoire two moves out of his repertoire and in the main event You had Lashley beating Drew McIntyre by pinfall. MVP distracted Drew McIntyre by holding Drew's legs, which allowed Lashley to get the pin off of Drew McIntyre. So now, it finally puts an end between Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Drew is not going to get another WWE Championship opportunity as long as Lashley's holding the WWE title. So now my prediction is I see Drew McIntyre getting drafted over to SmackDown. They're not going to have Lashley lose the belt. Not right now. They're going to wait until a credible opponent come around to take it off of him. Hopefully we finally get the Lashley going against the Lesnar match that we have always wanted for years But it all depends on if Brock Lesnar does come back to WWE. There have been speculations, allegations for there of Lashley, like having like these internal talks with WWE management, but nothing has been put pinned to paper yet, if you will. So we'll just have to see about that. But right now I see Drew getting drafted over to SmackDown, whenever the draft does happen. So Drew can have his more unfinished business with, Roman Reigns that they need to finish from last year's Survivor Series. That's my prediction for that, and that has been a hell in the cell, and that has been my wrestling highlights of the week. Let me give you my uh, social media ads. Social media where you can find me at social media on Twitter. You can find me at my at my two podcasts on Instagram, my two cents podcast G two, and for business inquiries my two cents pod at yahoo.com. And also you can find this podcast at Podbean, Apple podcasts and Google podcasts. And what I would like for you, if you can, please give me any type of star review that you think that I deserve after this listening experience. And also if you can just please tell me how I can make this better for the listeners so they can get a better listening experience and a better experience on this podcast that's all i ask you can give me a one star and say it sucked and i you can say that i just want to know if there's any ways i could just better fix it and also if you haven't listened to my sunday episode sunday episode is i'm just asking an imprint and in like the little colons questions it's basically me asking questions to the lgbtq community because I want to know certain things and how they feel about certain things. But anyway, if you haven't listened to it, go back and check that out. But other than that, uh, that has been Wrestling Highlights of the Week. I will see you guys when I see you uh, more or less Saturday for another episode of Wrestling Highlights of the Week. So there is no pay-per-view this week. That's the earliest that you'll see me again for anything wrestling related. Um, But yeah this has been my two cents podcast wrestling highlights of the week presented by g2 i want you guys to have a great monday and hopefully a great rest of the of your week thank you bye-bye now i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus yeah. wet.